Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. As the U.S. reaches a record of more than 106,000 COVID hospitalizations, some facilities say they're close to reaching crisis standards of care. And a pharmaceutical company is working to bring back a drug for hemophilia patients. It's all coming up on today's episode of GIST Healthcare Daily. It's Thursday, December 10th, and I'm Alex Olkin with Just Healthcare Daily, where I get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Hospitals across the country are filling up. According to a New York Times analysis of new federal data about hospital capacity, about a third of Americans live in parts of the country where hospitals are short on ICU beds, and that can lead to some tough care decisions for providers. Will Stone is a health reporter based in Seattle who's been covering the pandemic for NPR, and he's been reporting on how hospitals are handling this influx of COVID patients. He joined me to talk about his reporting. So, Will, as hospitals get more crowded, how is this affecting patient care? The reporting we did at NPR was a pretty basic analysis of uh, hospital admissions. When they go up in certain states, we noticed that the mortality rate went up as well. And this was true in a couple states. Uh, South Dakota was the most extreme example, and probably everyone knows the situation has been really bad there for quite a while. And it's generally accepted that the more patients you have and the more overloaded the healthcare system is or a hospital is, you know, it's going to be harder to provide optimal care. And that's what the experts and the researchers we interviewed for the story told us. This is when you start to border on this issue of how much are you rationing care? Are you denying people, you know, all the treatment you would normally because there's just not enough highly trained staff that can really provide the ICU-level care uh, that a lot of these patients need. So we've been hearing anecdotally that the more hospital beds fill up, the higher the mortality rate is. Are you finding data or studies to to back that up? There was a study uh, published uh, earlier this year by uh, a researcher at the University of Minnesota, and basically she found that when hospitalizations increase, statewide, it's associated with a higher mortality rate. And so you can think of this kind of as an indicator. You you see for every 
percentage increase of COVID patients in the state's ICU beds, it will lead, they found, to about 2.8 additional deaths in the next seven days. One of the points that was made to me is that we've heard a lot of state leaders, governors say, well, we're just buying time to make sure we have room in the hospitals. And I think this kind of association at least is a sobering reminder that you can try to clear out beds, but there is still this connection between increasing patient load, census, and hospitals, and the number of people who are going to die in your state. And it's a reason to try to keep the hospitals from filling up in the first place. In some places, like in New Mexico, hospital officials have warned that the next step is activating crisis standards of care. Will, what are you hearing from hospitals across the country that you're talking to? Are other hospitals at that threshold yet? At the moment, many states are saying they are close to getting there. It's a little hard to pin down, actually, because it's handled differently depending on the state or the region. You know, some states have uh, statewide crisis standards of care plans like Utah uh, Arizona was another that activated their crisis standards of care plan back in the summer, actually, but they never really had to implement it in the way that you know we think about, which is really denying people care, you know, rationing care in the most severe form. But many places are saying they're close to it. What I found, you know, quite disturbing, but you know, really is an indication of where we're at, is that quite a few hospitals are already having to make some of these decisions around, you know, nursing ratios. How many patients can one ICU nurse take care of even if they haven't activated this formal crisis standards of care plan? And I spoke to one researcher at the University of Washington who had interviewed uh, frontline providers early in the pandemic, like in New York City, and they said that, you know, it was kind of a blurred entry. Uh, They were not formally in this kind of ethical framework where crisis standards of care was applied, but the physicians felt like they were making these ad hoc decisions about, uh, you know, who gets to be on a dialysis machine or who gets the more intensive level of care, you know, the better bed, because there's just not enough to go around. And I think a lot of places are grappling with this right now because it's not so clear cut in the pandemic, right? It's not just about ventilators or physical space. It's really about staff. Many of these doctors, nurses, and other staff have been working in COVID units caring for patients for months. Will, you recently visited a COVID unit at Harborview Medical Center, a big hospital in Seattle run by the University of Washington. And you talked to doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, and other medical staff for a recent NPR story. So how are the providers there holding up? Yeah, I spoke to Rosette Scott, who's a respiratory therapist, and she's been there working in the COVID ICU since March. And she says she knows what to expect now with this disease, but it's still physically and emotionally intense when they have to do things like prone a patient. Which is when they're on their belly laying down with all the tubes and drains and all these extra lines hanging off of them. And it takes about four to five people to manually flip them over, you know, so things like that. It feels intense every time. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. They are very familiar with this disease, this virus. They know it, uh, but they're exhausted. They've been doing this now for about nine months, and it's hard doing this really labor-intensive work 
dealing with these very tragic situations where patients are alone in the ICU, unable to see their family. You know, these things have not changed over the course of the pandemic, but I would say uh, the healthcare workers generally there felt uh, more prepared for what's happening now, which is a big surge of patients, which was expected all along and is expected to get quite a lot worse. That was Will Stone, a health reporter based in Seattle who's been covering the pandemic for NPR. Trameau Pharmaceuticals is working to bring back a medication to help hemophilia patients struggling with chronic pain. The drug that was made by Merck under the brand name Vioxx was popular among doctors and patients for dealing with a painful side effect of the disease called hemophiliac arthropathy, where blood builds up in the joints. But Vioxx was pulled off the market in 2004 after studies found the drug increased patients' chances of heart attacks and strokes. Since then, patients and hematologists have relied on opioids and another drug to manage the pain. But there aren't many drugs specifically designed to treat the kind of pain hemophiliacs struggle with. Hemophilia is a relatively rare disease. About 30,000 people in the U.S. are living with it, according to the National Hemophilia Foundation. As some doctors told Stat News, the cardiovascular risks of Vioxx can be managed with patient monitoring. Patients have been hoping that the drug that worked so well for them would come back. And now, there's a chance that could become a reality. With Food and Drug Administration approval, Tremo Pharmaceuticals is planning to start recruiting patients this month for a placebo-controlled trial to find out if a generic version of the medicine helps patients with chronic pain. Tremo secured funding for the study from a venture capital firm. If the generic version of Vioxx ends up getting FDA approval, this could be the only drug developed specifically to treat hemophiliac arthropathy. Taking a look at healthcare stocks, gearing up to distribute the vaccine at long-term care facilities, CVS and Walgreens are hiring pharmacy techs, pharmacists, and nurses. Shares of the retail pharmacies were trading down Wednesday. CVS was down 0.45 percent, Walgreens was down 0.22 percent, and the broader sector was down 0.29 percent at the close of the market Wednesday. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.